1: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and I am super thrilled to be joined by Ashley Sullivan, the newest addition to Flyers Pre and Post Game Live. Ashley, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I love that we're in a casino on a Monday morning. This is amazing.
1: Yes, Ashley, perfect reminder to say that we are at Rivers (laughs) Casino here in Philadelphia. Um, Ashley, let's get right into your background. You were the team reporter and producer for the Jaguars over the last six seasons, a graduate of the University of Florida, and from Florida.
0: Yes, lots of Florida going on. I was going
1: to say, it must have been pretty special to be in your home state covering the NFL. What was that all like?
0: Oh, it was awesome. So I'm from South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, went to the University of Florida, and then started as an intern with the Jaguars. I thought it'd be a six-month thing, carrying boom mics, you know, logging footage, wrapping camera cords, under-overing. It was not the most glamorous job at first. And then it turned into just this amazing career with them and and springboarding into the NFL. And and I covered Florida Gator football in college. So, you know, going from football to football, but always knowing I wanted to kind of expand my horizons and that's where this kind of came about. But yeah, super cool to be so close to family. And it's funny talking to friends and family, you know, normally when you graduate from college, you leave the nest and you leave home and the family has to deal with it. This is kind of the first time that I have moved away from home. So there were tears for mom, happy and sad <laughs> tears, but we're over it now.
1: That's awesome. Well, Philly is now becoming a second home, I'm sure, for you oh, yeah. and hopefully for your family as well. Um, I know you got to know Doug Peterson a little bit. He's a hero in this town, oh, as you gosh, know yeah. well. Did you get a chance to talk to him about Philadelphia and what the city's like?
0: I did. So we know, knew each other probably about eight months since he took the job with the Jaguars. And it was just so clear immediately what an incredible person he was and just a football coach, secondary, just an amazing guy to know and get to know. Um, and I did, I told him in the hallway right before I, that I was leaving and his face, just, just lit up when I said it was Philadelphia. And he sent me restaurant recommendations, funny enough, like a couple restaurants in every little nook of the city. So it's so clear how much he knows this town, but he just told me, you're going to love it. You're going to love the people. And when I talked to people here in Philadelphia about Doug. It's so clear how loved he is. And funny enough, the Jaguars played the Eagles 3 days before I knew about this job. Yeah. And I saw, you know, coach Doug in the hallway and and it's clear when he's so loved by people when you see athletic trainers and equipment managers and and all these people c- taking time out of their day to come to come say hi to him. That's not always the case when a coach is leaving his former yeah. team. Um, So it was just so obvious what an incredible person he is here.
1: So you were in Philadelphia for that game? Uh-
0: I was. And it's so funny. I, I found out about this job three days after that game. And if you remember that game was by far, at least from Jacksonville, that was the worst weather game I've ever stood on the sidelines for. Pelting rain, so yeah. cold. We were miserable on the field. And the Jaguars simply just couldn't handle that weather, that game against the Eagles. And I thought to myself, like, my gosh, I'd hate to live here. <laughs> and then I got a call three days later, like, hey, what do you think about Philly? I was like, what? Philadelphia. Um, and now it's much better. I judged it very poorly on that sole Sunday against the Jaguars. And the weather is much better since then.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, as, as you can see, we do have sun here. Yeah. It gets cold, it's okay. but it's it's good. Um, That is so funny. And so, And you covered the Gators, too. Went to Florida, graduated. Yep. What was it like covering the Gators? I know football is obviously massive
0: down there. It was huge. And really just going to a a major SEC school like that, like my first sport covering was gymnastics and they won the national championship that year and and baseball and softball and all the sports. And that's where I think I'm happy that I have this vast knowledge now of these sports covering that time in Florida. And both my parents also went to Florida. So there was never an option. Florida was out of the question. That's
1: awesome. So, what made you want to come to Philadelphia and what excites you about being in the city and being around, obviously these major four sports.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. One that there are four sports here. I think yeah. that's very rare when you have so many sports going on in, in one city. And and I didn't have that in Jacksonville. It was only the Jaguars. Um, yeah. So I think that's really cool how you've all these fans rooting for one common cause. And, and going back to that Eagles Jaguars game, they were ballistic. They were yeah. nuts, these fans. And it was yeah. the coolest thing in the world to see people care so deeply. So, When I got the call for Philadelphia, I was like, as a sports broadcaster, what better place is there to go with people that care so much? And I was up here about a month ago trying to find a place to live when I found out I got the job and I met my dad was so embarrassing. He went up to Flyers fans (laughs) at the restaurant we were at and he introduced me and I was like, dad, please stop. I haven't signed a contract yet. Like, please, let's not do this right now. And the Flyers fans were like just so excited to talk to me and meet me. Yeah. And it's his guy, my my new friend, his name is Chad. He runs a drywall business in New Jersey. Okay. He's a Flyers fan. He's the first fan I met. And we've been texting back and forth. And he's That's just awesome. fabulous. And just the coolest people immediately just yeah. like welcomed me in and gave me a big hug to welcome me here.
1: Yeah, they are rabid. Uh, all the the fans of all the four teams are super passionate. But Flyers fans are just immensely loyal and passionate, oh, as yeah. I'm sure you've seen. Um, I, I did want to ask, uh, too, uh, what is it like seeing the complex down there with all the three, the, you know, the two stadiums mm-hmm. and the arena? Uh, people come here, and they're like, that's pretty unique. Is it's it unique so to you? It's so
0: unique, yeah. And yeah. when we came for the Jags and the Eagles game, I, I didn't know that, truthfully. Yeah. And then I, we pulled up to Lincoln Financial, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they're so close. That's so cool. And I also think it's so cool our offices being in the arena where you can just pop down and watch part of the game if yeah. you want to. That's so rare as well. So. Yeah, it's just it's just the sports nook and I love everything about it and I think it helps us when the 76ers are playing, I'm so tied into that as well because we're just in the building. So just the whole thing is really cool.
1: I love it. And I'm really happy fans have welcomed you. Oh yeah. Um And it seems like Scott Hartnell and Al Morgan have certainly (laughs) welcomed you. As you can tell, they're a fun group. Have you enjoyed getting to know Scott and getting to know Al? Oh my
0: gosh, they're nutcases in like the best way. (laughs) They're the coolest people and so knowledgeable. I mean, to have that in in my first time professionally covering hockey, to have those two next to me, I never feel like I'm asking a dumb question or they just have completely welcomed me into this group. And and Al, especially, his knowledge is unbelievable. I could throw anything his way. And I think the coolest thing that, fans don't see when you watch the broadcast is we make this joke it, it seems like every time we walk into the studio we miss a goal or something <laughs> happens in those two minutes that we miss so a lot of times when you're watching pre and post al is commenting on a goal that he's never seen before yeah. and i think that is the most impressive thing is he is just off the rip talking about this and has never watched it yeah. to me i'm I'm standing there like just in awe like how <laughs> how does he know this how does he talk about this so quickly and so knowledgeably it's It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, you have a Hall of Famer in Al Morgani and you have Scott Hartnell who played here for a long time. Oh my
0: gosh. And fans love him. When we do a third period hit in the arena, like Scott walks into the building. It's like everyone turns and looks at him. It's like Beyonce (laughs) is walking through the building. He is just fans. And it was so easy for me to see like how much he means to the city as well. My first day, it was so obvious.
1: Did you get a chance to maybe look up some of his highlights or some of the things from his time in Philadelphia? Like the city really did kind of wrap its arms around Scott.
0: Oh my gosh. He just, he fits the city so well and and especially i think the the younger fans seem to like just are in awe of him like i we were sitting next to a a group of younger guys probably in their 20s and they were like oh my gosh it's scott (laughs) and he like went and sat with them and talked to them it was just like you can tell he is such a big deal here
1: that is awesome which is
0: because he's such a normal guy when you talk to him you don't get that vibe from him at all
1: no you don't even feel like honestly you don't feel like you're really talking to a guy that started in the nhl and scored 30 plus goals uh just such a down to earth guy. So perfect crew for you guys. That's, that's been great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Flyers talk is brought to you by great railing. Stop into great railing for the highest quality on all your railing, decking and fencing needs. So Ashton, I'm curious as to what you've seen team so far. It's as you can tell, it's a young team. That's I think going through a transition right now, new head coach, that's fiery competitive, but also I think caring and nurturing as well. What have you liked about John Torello, and what have you seen from the team overall?
0: I love just his no-nonsense approach, and to me, that seems to fit so well into this city. It's very clear what he expects, and they're not quite there yet, but I love how he hasn't changed his demeanor, hasn't changed what he's asked for, and I think a lot of times in in any sport, in any profession, when you're going up and down in that roller coaster of a season, you see coaches kind of riding that wave. To me, he never seems to get too high, too low. He's very even-keeled. I I think it's funny watching him. His post game press conferences live on the ship. Look, he is more chipper, happier after a loss, which was interesting to me. That one win, it didn't seem like he was happy with the performance. But I think that speaks volumes that he has such a big picture look of this team and is looking far into the future, not just tomorrow. You see the improvement of this team. You see them fighting. You see them staying in these games. And as a coach, he's excited about that. It's just pretty clear he knows they're not quite there yet. But I don't think he expects them to be right there right now.
1: That's such a good point. Um that he doesn't get too high or too low. And you'll notice it, you know, they had a 5-1 loss to Dallas earlier in the season at home, totally outplayed. And he vehemently defended his team, said he loved their effort and he's not going to let people bring them down. But then they'll have a win where you're like, you kind of start to feel like they're getting high and he kind of tempers expectations a little bit. Does he remind you, and I'm not sure if you've covered a coach in the past and obviously it's a different sport, football. Mm -hmm. You've covered a lot of football, this is hockey, but does he remind you maybe of anyone you've ever been
0: around? A little bit of Doug, truthfully, because okay, I yeah. think I think the Jaguars and the Flyers are, are in a similar position right yeah. now. A new coach trying to figure each other out. What's going to happen here? A young team as well. And I think Coach Peterson has done a great job of of that even keeled presence, that calming. And it speaks volumes. I think both coaches have been there and done that. They've yeah. had success in their earlier stops. And I think with a young team, when you can look up to a coach and say, OK, he's not just saying this to say this. This has worked in the past. If I follow his way, I know it leads to success. It might just not happen overnight, and I get that's hard for fans to to grasp onto because you're watching a loss and all these losses, and it's like, well, this isn't working. It's not supposed to work right now. It takes some time.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl championship, uh, and John Tortorella has won a Stanley Cup. Right. He's definitely been around, been around, been around, done that kind of guy, uh, which I think is good for for the Flyers. Any young players that have stood out so far to you, Ashlyn? Uh, Obviously, the Flyers have a ton of youth. Mm-hmm. They've boasted a lot about having a ton of guys 25 and under. Any young players that have kind of caught your eye?
0: I think we just are speaking the perfect day for Morgan Frost. My yeah. gosh, Jonesy was telling me, like, you don't understand, Ashlyn. That that game Sunday was, like, the game of his life, the game of his career, and you witnessed it. And it yeah. seems like reading about Morgan Frost and talking to people about him, that's what everyone wanted to see from him. Now you see the potential of, a, I think, a 23-year-old that can play yeah. like that. And it seems like the Flyers organization really needs To him to play like that consistently. So now I think it's an incredible storyline to follow if he can ride this wave. But Flyers fans seem so incredibly excited that they finally saw that from him. And now, of course, they want to see it time and time again.
1: Yeah. Morgan Frost had six points coming into that game last night uh, in 27 games. Over half of that, four points. (laughs) Um, It's crazy. And it it is funny. It came in one of your first you know, first couple games here because people have really pleaded for him to show the game that we saw at junior level from him. He was a hundred point score at the junior level. Um, he's been touted as a guy that produces offense. This this team needs offense, and he shows it. Um, do you feel like that's something he could probably build on? I know confidence is a big thing for him. Right. I, I feel like a four point performance is something that can build confidence.
0: Oh my gosh, and confidence for him and I. And I was yeah. you know also observing just JBR being back on the ice, the confidence that brings to the offense, and I love. John Tortorella post-game was saying, okay, this is what we asked from Morgan Frost. We know that he's an offensive guy. We need offense offensively this way. I don't know what that means for him. So John Tortorella is saying like, okay, we need to see this time and time again. And I love that because I think he had the perfect opportunity to to really raise Morgan Frost and praise him, which he did yeah. in his own sense, but said like, hey, just don't forget we need more of this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you You need to build on it. It's. Like young players, sometimes you see them in spurts, but you need mm-hmm. to see them consistently playing a certain way. Like right. Owen Tippett earlier in the year showed us, you know, had a spurt and then he had a drop off. And I think they're looking for more consistency from these guys. Just
0: more goals, more offense. My gosh, it's so clear that they just need that. And I think that's when we talk about Carter Hart on pre and post game, It's it's like, what more can this guy do? Like, yeah. it's like, he can't make any error, any mistake, knowing that the, the Flyers can't handle that right now. And that's so much pressure. To put on a person that he has to be near perfect every single night. They got to help him out. Yeah,
1: Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes these of addiction. Download the season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Ashley, I'm really curious to get your thoughts on Carter Hart. As you know, he the team sometimes has a time that they, they sometimes bail like hang him out the dry. They don't always bail him out mm-hmm. the way he probably bails them out. Is that something that probably should excite flyers fans is that you have a goalie that's 24 years old and really the sky's the limit for.
0: Yeah. And, and wants to play and yeah. wants to be out there. every night. I thought for sure, Al and I were talking about it, you know, yesterday's game, we thought for sure he most likely wouldn't play because I know the other goaltender hadn't played in 15 days at that point, but it's clear Carter Hart's your guy. And I know John Tortorella obviously wants to win a game, and I know you're at the point of the season where, okay, we want to see some young guys play. Let's let's focus on that. If Carter Hart's your best chance to win, yeah, you got to put him out there, and being 24 years old and, and being healthy yeah, seems like the sky's the limit for that guy.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and in your time covering the Jaguars and, and other teams down in Florida, can you recall maybe a team where you had to balance the perspective of like winning now, but also the big picture of oh patience. I'm sure the Jaguars, you've had every some of those year. Teams.
0: Every year. And I think especially this season that I just came off of, you, <laughs> you have, you know, key young guys that it's so obvious you can build around them. And I think the Flyers are a great example of that, like a Carter Hart, like a Morgan Frost, but you just don't have all the pieces to be competitive every single day. And I think, With the Flyers and from my understanding, talking to Alan Scott, you're kind of missing that superstar, that playmaker that you're seeing around the league. And you you see the Tampa's come in, you see the avalanche come in and they have that star and that takes time. And they think the Jaguars were a great example of that until they got the franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, they were plugging and playing. It just wasn't working until you get that key piece. You're never going to be able to compete consistently because it seems like every other team is getting to that point, you know?
1: Yeah. And so you've definitely seen some heartbreaking losses. Ooh, so far. Oh yeah,
0: I know. They like joke in the office. They're like, This is following you, Ashland. Like, look what's <laughs> happening. I'm like, no, 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 please don't blame me for this. This is not my fault.
1: I know I saw you on pregame live and you and you told Al, you're like, that was a heartbreaking loss. This is the one that were the previous one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it follows up with another one, overtime, twenty two point four seconds oh my left. Gosh, I know it. And the Flyers lose in overtime. Uh, can a team go through growing pains like that and, and, and take it in stride. I think we talked to, to John Tortorello about, can losing be good at times? Can you learn from failure? And he said, losing's never good. Um, he's like, but you got to understand you deserve the criticism. You deserve where you are and you have to, you have to eat it to, to become better. Uh, is that something you're going to see possibly with the flyers where they, you know, they take it on the chin sometimes, uh, but they can possibly learn from it.
0: Yeah. You always hear, Coaches, I think, in any sport say, like, losing is one thing, but a team has to learn how to win and yeah. learn how to finish. And I know John Tortorella talked about that yesterday in overtime, in that third period. They just can't get over that hump, and it's that one mistake, whether it's in a third period or overtime, that costs them. And that's a question I would have for John Tortorella is, okay, well, well how do you fix that? How can you get over that? Is there a certain drill in practice? Does it just come with time? Because to me, it just seems like at some point, you finally win that game in overtime and the team realizes, okay, this is what we did differently, but that might not happen tomorrow. That might take a couple of weeks. It might not happen this year, but from, from my experiences, it takes that one win when you've screwed it up 10 times in the past to prove to yourself and there's no other way to do it. And gosh, that's so frustrating. And that's so takes so much time um, and patience, which I get. That's like a, buzzword for fans that they hate patience because <laughs> I get it you've been told to be patient for eight years you don't want to be patient anymore I, I totally get it but that just kind of seems to be the way this year
1: no it's so funny that you know that word is somewhat bothersome around oh here gosh. now and but it's important to, but it's true Flyers fans have been told to be patient uh for a while and so I think they're getting they're getting kind of sick of hearing that but it's so true especially now like you have to understand where the Flyers are they're going through a transition um coming off the year that they did a new head coach, young pieces. Um, I'm with you, Ash, and I think there's going to be plenty more of those types of losses. I mean, they're the Flyers are 0-6 in overtime, so they've gone through it already a bunch. They're 1-4-6 in tie games when entering the third period. So they're going to have these growing pains, um, but I do feel like a win uh, in these situations is something that they can eventually look back, put their finger on, and say, hey, we've, we've now done it a couple times. Let's see if we can do it some more. Did, did the decision to not play Kevin Hayes in overtime last night with that, did that puzzle you at all? Or did you think, Hey, he had that turnover in the previous game. That's probably why he's not playing.
0: It seems at least from my time now covering this team with John Tortorello, when a player makes a mistake, John Tortorello doesn't forget about it. Yeah. And it, it and that's the case, but I know I was sitting next to Al during that overtime. We sit on the desk and watch it and Al was so confused. He's like, where is he? Why is he on the ice? And, Sitting next to Alan overtime just stresses me out. He is incredibly (laughs) passionate, and it's making me passionate now. Just sitting next to him, Um, I guess I could say. But the time when there's a mistake, the player pays for it. And and maybe that's odd, and that's just John coaching.
1: Does, and we've seen Kevin Hayes sit a full third period. Uh, We've seen Travis Konechny sit a full third period we've mm-hmm. seen guys be healthy scratch it does seem like he will make a player remember a mistake um by by making those kind of bold decisions right. but I really thought it like wow yeah this guy's the team's leading scorer he's a point per game player and he's not out there for overtime but I think that's maybe tutorial having the big picture in mind is right. that it's maybe not exactly about this game it's about future games where Kevin needs to learn I can't make that play uh, and if I do there's a chance I'll sit.
0: Yeah. And it was funny. I was talking to Hartsey about this and they were talking about those key players sitting an entire period. And, and we were asking, okay, well, when is he going to go back in? And Hartsey's like, he's not going to go back in. <laughs> and Al and I are like, no, no, he'll definitely go back in. And Scott's like, I guarantee you, he will sit the rest of the game. And he called it. Yeah. They did. And it, It's just so funny. Cause Scott has that, that backing of playing for Tortorella. He gets him better than anyone yeah. and he called it. It was unbelievable, but he just, he understands his coaching style. And that was, many years ago, and, and he's the same way. Same so guy. it it doesn't seem like this is a surprise to people that have played to him. Yeah.
1: Have a totally tubular 80s New Year's Eve at River. With Morris Day and the time, December 30th, awesome 80s at River's Casino, Philadelphia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ashlyn, I'm so excited that you brought up Scott and his playing days with Torrance. We had Scott on the podcast not long after they hired John Tortorella Mm -hmm. and his stories were just fantastic. Have you learned a little bit about John Tortorella by picking the brain of Scott Hartnell?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just the way he can call when something happens. And I think John Tortorella at times, you know, we question what's going on here And, and, and talking to Scott, it makes so much more sense because like we talk about this big picture, Scott keeps preaching to us. Like it's not about this one game. It's about two, three seasons from now. And that's why Scott always says like, he's the perfect hire for this because this isn't a quick fix. This is something that needs to build consistency and and you need a guy. And I think in any sport, fans and and media are so quick to pull the trigger, like, just fire him. This isn't working, get him out. Like this isn't going to work. You can't build success like that. At some point you have to stick to something and it seems like there will be growing pains and it might be longer than a year. But Scott keeps preaching to us, like this will work. It's just not going to happen tomorrow.
1: I'm curious as to how that was in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. Were there times where fans oh gosh, have gotten yeah. frustrated and you're like, Hey, this, this is, let's will take time. He's not going to jump into the NFL and have immediate success. Was that something similar to maybe what the Flyers are going through now?
0: For sure. And I think you look at a, a Morgan Frost, who's 23 years old yeah. and you see the potential and you see, okay, wow. Look at that Sunday night game. If only he could do that every single week. Well, he's 23 years old. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is 23 years old and we would see him light it up one day in training camp and be like, Oh my gosh, the <laughs> prodigy. This, this is it <laughs> amazing. And two days later, he throws four interceptions in training camp. And yeah. it's just, it seems like no matter what sport you're in, when it's a young player, who's trying to build confidence in a league of, of all these guys who have been there, and done that it's the roller coaster. And very rarely do we see a guy just come and explode. And it's this forward progression there's going to be dips and turns, especially when you look at this Flyers roster and you see 23, 22, 24, you know, very few older guys. You have to expect that.
1: Yeah. How much homework did you have to do? I'm curious on the Flyers. And oh what did you read about how, you know, they they were coming up the year that they had mm-hmm. where they lose 57 games, new head coach. Uh, what did you gather as you did your homework? No,
0: I read all your articles. Thank you. They helped so much. Yes. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, And getting on the phone with Al and getting on yeah. the phone with Scott and just, yeah. And funny enough, I had just started when the Flyers were in that 10 game losing streak. Mm. And it was like, uh oh, is this going to be like last year? And then I came in and it was getting a little better. And it seems like this is now my sixth game I've covered for the Flyers. And it seems like every single game I have covered, they get more and more competitive. Yeah. They're more and more in these games. And we have positive things to talk about like a Morgan Frost in yesterday's game or like a Carter Hart in, in all of these games um but yeah it, it took a ton of homework and <laughs> yeah and going through the trades of last season and the mm. firings and it's yeah you know it's, it's a team that is in a complete rebuild and it and it seems like not everyone wants to say that word that's another word that's like fans don't want to say rebuild Mm-mm. but it seems like they're in that position where they have some pieces and you have to build around those pieces not a rebuild just
1: just build. Yeah. yeah. John Torrell said it. He says he likes to build. He doesn't use the word rebuild. It yeah. doesn't seem like the Flyers want to use that word.
0: No one wants to use that word. No,
1: I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's just people in sports and probably in hockey in particular. Um, they don't want to concede anything. They don't want to say they're they're not looking at winning. It's always, hey, we're going to try to win, but also have the. The, future, the Flyers like no
0: haze in, in overtime. That's a perfect example, I think, yeah. of that, you know, yeah. like the big picture in mind. And of course you want to win the game. Obviously, that's what they're all there for. But I think that's a great example of it's not just about today. It's about two years from now.
1: Absolutely. And I think the one sh- strength, Ashlyn, that the Flyers have is they do have some youth and some good guys on defense. Um, I think you're seeing Ivan and Tony D'Angelo, uh, Kim York just got here. Uh, they have some guys in that mid to late 20s range uh, that I think you can possibly build around. I'm curious as to what you've seen from Cam York in two games. I'm sure you know he's highly touted. Yeah. Uh, people think uh, a, a lot about him, and um, a real funk kid too. Uh, have you seen the skill in his game?
0: I, I love his story. I love yeah. I, it's so fascinating to me when I was reading about him when Alan and Scott were telling me, like, no, you don't understand like he was like the chosen one. Yeah. And it was very strange when he got knocked down at the end of training camp. Like it's almost unheard of in, in any sport when you're a first round draft pick to to not make the roster is weird. Yeah, absolutely. But I think speaking to Cam York's character, an incredible chance a couple nights ago to to one play in overtime and just play in general mm-hmm. and make the most of his opportunity. I mean, how easy would it have been for him not to be able to handle that pressure and? we said in pregame that game you know here's your chance like if you can handle this you you can hang with the big dogs and you could stay if you can't handle it you're probably getting pushed back down yeah um so I love I love his story I love how he's handling it and it's clear he has the talent and from what I understand in training camp it was the mental side of the game that wasn't quite there well it's clear to me these past two games hey it's there he's handling the pressure
1: yeah I think so too and I love that they're putting him out there in overtime they're putting him out there in big spots. Like, this is the time to learn about some of these kids and give them exposure. Like you said, Ashland, it's the, it's really not always about winning that game. Sometimes it might be. Um, but, but put your work out there. Play him in big minutes. Put him in overtime and see what he can do. Uh, I think that was John Tortorella really challenging him to say, hey, show me your game. Because that was mm-hmm. the one thing he had to say to him when they sent him down initially uh, before the season began was, I want to see his game. I want to see him take the puck, get us out of our zone. Sh- like, don't sit back and, and just... Be and just blend in a uh, mm-hmm. show us something. So, I think that's a real positive storyline for the Flyers going forward. Here is look at some of these young players, Cam York in particular, for sure. Um, any other uh, young guys possibly good or bad that you've that you maybe noticed and uh, think that you know they they could be a piece of the solution here moving forward? For sure, yeah. yeah. I
0: think you you just mentioned those guys on Tip defense it. and the and the younger guys and yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the spurts. Yeah. Right. And maybe Cam York is now he's had two consistent, good games. Maybe he's the answer where you're seeing more consistency from a young guy like that.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious now to actually hear now that you mentioned it. Doug Peterson gave you some restaurant recommendations. <laughs> Do you re- recall any of them? Have you tested any of them out?
0: Yes. Yet? So that was actually my first one. Um, we were talking because I love Asian food. And he was I was like, like, is Philly like a, like an Asian food place, like a sushi place? And he's like, oh, my gosh, you have to try. not. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, And that
0: was the first place I went to and it was on par. It was a fabulous recommendation. That's yes. so
1: funny. Uh, Oscar Lindblom, who played here uh, for the Flyers, came back uh, towards the beginning of the season with San Jose Sharks. We asked him about some of the food that he missed uh, now that he's in San, San Jose. And he mentioned double knot. Yeah, really? It was like, one of the places he said that was a good spot. So that's funny. And I'm sure you'll have plenty of more recommendations coming your way for those They're that are listening. Yeah. Give Ashlyn all the recommendations possible. she she'll appreciate it but uh and this has been so much fun thank you so much thank for you. coming on uh we cannot w- wait to watch you more on pre and post game live and for those that are listening can you maybe tell some people where to follow your work and catch your work on social media
0: yes i'm trying to post as much as i can on twitter yeah. all of our work so it's at ashlyn r sullivan and i know NBC sports philly does a great job of, of posting stuff as well so yeah thank you all fans for just like welcoming us with open arms it's been so awesome and yeah and I love how much everyone cares. It's super cool.
1: Absolutely. Well, Ashlyn, thank you so much. Fans definitely follow Ashlyn and catch her on pre and post game live. She'll be hosting every show with Scott Hartnell and Al Morgani. Ashlyn, thank you so much again for coming on. really appreciate thank it.
0: Thank you. appreciate you guys.
1: Absolutely. A big thank you also to Tom Feiner, our video producer, and Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast podcast. Presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.